All right, before I get to my next guest, Richard Zuckel, I want to give a shout-out to a couple of our sponsors, starting with our friends over at Finn Cycles. It's time to rethink golf. The game is at a tipping point. The young people we need in the game don't have four and a half hours to spend out on the course. Pairing Finn Cycles with a desire to play ready golf can cut playing time in half because all golfers go directly to their own golf ball. Plus, it's tons of fun. Go online to finscooters.com and click on Find a Finn for a course that has them near you. I also want to give another shout-out to our friends over at the McLemore. The McLemore Mountaintop community rests atop the highlands of Lookout Mountain, Georgia, overlooking historic McLemore Cove and Pigeon Mountain. Surrounded on all sides by state and national parks, historic land districts, and private land trusts, the resort features an 18-hole Reese Jones and Bill Bergen championship course, a gated residential community, and a planned clubhouse opening in the fall of 2020, plus planned hotel and conference center. The dramatic 18-hole course is made up of a variety of golf experiences, combining canyon holes, highland holes, cliff edge holes that are well-suited for the beginning golfer as well as the senior player. McLemore also offers a wonderful six-hole short course called the Karen. Designed by Bill Bergen, the Karen provides players with a short warm-up or cool-down before or after a round, or a relaxing way to improve one's game with family and friends. McLemore is located a short driving distance from Atlanta, Nashville, Knoxville, Birmingham, and Huntsville, and just 35 minutes from downtown Chattanooga, voted number one best town in America two years in a row by Outside Magazine. While a private course, McLemore offers stay-and-play packages for guests in club-managed properties, as well as a number of membership opportunities, including social memberships, non-resident memberships, and corporate memberships as well. For more information, please visit McLemore online at themclemore.com or give them a call at 800 329-8154. All right, now back in making his sixth appearance with me here on Next on the T is former PGA Tour pro Richard Zokel. Let me remind you about Richard's background. He's from Kitimat, British Columbia, which is on the coast in the central part of the province. He played his college golf at Brigham Young from 1977 to 1981, where he helped them finish first or second in the Western Athletic Conference all four years while he was there. They finished second in the national championship in 1980, and he captained them to the 1981 national championship. Individually, Richard won the international champions tournament over in Morocco in 1980. In 2009, that 81 golf team was inducted into the Brigham Young Athletics Hall of Fame. That year, he was inducted as well into the British Columbia Golf Hall of Fame. Richard won the 1981 Canadian Amateur Championship by one stroke over Blaine McAllister in a sudden death playoff and then he turned pro. Among his other wins were the 1982 British Columbia Open and the 1984 Utah State Open. On the PGA Tour, he won twice in 1992 at the Deposit Guarantee Classic and the Greater Milwaukee Open. 2001, he won the Canadian PGA Championship, and in 2011, he was inducted into the Canadian Golf Hall of Fame. He is now the founder and CEO of Mind Track Golf, which you can find online at MindTrackGolf.com. And track is spelled T-R-A-K, so MindTrackGolf.com. And I'm very excited Richard is back with me again tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Richard, thanks for coming back on the show. Good to be with you, Chris. Uh, thanks for having me. So, Richard, you've got some exciting updates about Mind Track Golf since we last spoke. I saw that. Another friend of the show, Nick O'Hearn, has signed on as an advisor. Update us on all the great things you're doing now. Yeah, since uh, since we first started talking, uh, you know, we're still we were working on 
putting the app together and, and it, it wasn't an easy thing. It, uh, these things going through the investment, uh, raising the investment capital for it and putting the business plan together, building the team, getting the web developer uh, and, 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 and beta testing it all through 2019. It was a great process. And then we finally launched it in an, in an Apple product in iOS only at this stage and uh, we launched it about a month ago and um, very excited we had a number of press releases a couple of weeks ago we announced that uh, we also had a, a a brand ambassador relationship or in this press release with stockton golf dave stockton and i go back a ways when he helped me in my latter parts of the years on the pga tour with my putting and really turned it around and i that's when i was using mind track as well so i went to dave and talked to his son, Ron, who runs Stockton Golf, and they love the whole idea, very mindful in how they perform. And uh, so we signed an agreement to be an ambassador with Stockton Golf. And a couple of years ago, I reached out to Nick O'Hearn. And Nick O'Hearn wrote a book, a wonderful book called uh, uh, Tour Mentality. And uh, as it turned out, Nick's, Nick's program of Tour Mentality is the same as Mind Track. So we, it was a natural for us to be together, and Nick is part of my uh, golf advisory board, and uh, we've launched the app, and it's 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 free in the app store. We're ha- you know, I can I want to talk to you about the success we're having with uh, Taylor Pendrith as well, but uh, yeah, very excited to get to get this product um, out there so the consumer can can play with it. Yeah. So talk about um, as you mentioned, you've got it out on iOS. When are we going to see it in the Google Play Store? So the rest of us with our Android phones can go out there and download the app as well. Well, that's a, that's part of our plan as well. So what we're going to do, just from a, a, a ten thousand foot uh, uh, overview of what MindTrack the product is going to do. So we've launched it. We're we're beta testing it basically in iOS. And um, and if you don't have an an, an an if you don't use Apple and have an Android, we'll have it out next spring. Is part of our plan. But we're still kind of beta testing it in, in, uh, uh, for everyone to try. And we, what we've done is we put it out there. We want people to try it. If you play 10 rounds of it, you'll, you'll be able to get, you become a founding member of MindTrack Golf and it'll always be free to that person if, once you're in the top 500 users. And, and so what we're going to do, we, then we're going to over the winter time build out an Android product. And then we're going to decide how the company is going to launch this from a business perspective. Is it going to be a monthly subscription model at um, at uh, $2.99? Is it going to be $5.99? Is it going to be free? And I think we're leaning that it's always going to be free, but we're just not sure yet. And then when we have the Android product and the iOS product, and then we're going to get our API for all the golf courses on the globe. Because right now, the API, and for those who don't understand what that is, it's our connection to all the golf course database. So, cause we got to connect to pull out all that information. So right now you can, you can, uh, we're connected to golf courses in Canada, the United States and Australia, New Zealand. But uh, starting next year, we'll get it back. We'll get it into an Android product and we'll connect it with all the golf courses in the globe. So for, for the listeners that haven't joined us in the past and they're, they're hearing about this mind track product. Right. Let's let's go mm-hmm. back and tell them what it's all about, because it's it's really a tool and a and a way for us to 
disconnect emotionally from what's going on in the in, with score and focus on sort of the right. next shot at hand. But talk about where you came up with the idea when you started actually utilizing it and how it can help us. Right. Okay, sure. So so we all know anyone who plays golf knows it's a very mental and emotional game. And, and if, our, or if our mental thoughts aren't proper or strong or sound, or our emotions get go up and down the roller coaster, it really affects our ability to perform. So what MindTrack Golf is, it's a, it's a mental fitness platform that conditions the user to access and stay in this present moment for every golf shot. So basically what it does is it allows the user to condition themselves to emotionally detach from results. And and I think everyone, if I can just step back a bit and, and, and remind everyone, anyone who plays golf knows that they, that they get ahead of themselves. You know, in fact, Bob Ford was talking about it, how he got ahead of himself, how he was counting at the qualifying school. He was counting what he was going to do in the Bob Hope Desert Classic and the Andy Williams. It was a, it's a perfect example. All golfers know that they get ahead of themselves. They, they, they create anxiety for themselves and they, 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 they mess up. And so it takes a lot of thought discipline. So I created this program in 1999 while I was on the tour because I was quite frustrated. And, and so basically what you do is you put your attention, um, in order to break your attention on the results, you have to put your attention on something else. And so what you put your attention on are your key performance markers of every golf shot. And they consist, and it's very simple, and they consist of your ability to assess the shot. That means picking a club, whatever it is, getting the yardage, uh, reading the green, assessing the lie, assessing your ability, and deciding on the shot. That's your assessment, picking the club, picking the shot. And then your ability to execute that shot, whatever you have chosen to do. And then when you put your, your attentional uh, focus on it, it detaches from the result, and you'd be surprised how good you get uh, at doing this. In our app, so when in the app you do this either during the round or after a round, and you keep track with our emojis on on the th- on three evaluations of these two key performance markers. There's excellent, satisfactory, and unsatisfactory. And when your attention goes, your goal obviously is to make an excellent assessment and then make an excellent execution. And how well anyone is as a golfer is how well they do these things in any diff- difficult situation. So obviously assessing and executing shots on the back nine of Augusta National you know, on Sunday of the Masters is very different than when you're playing your country club. And, uh, but it's important that the, 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 the thought protocol um, is focused on this. And when you do that, it's amazing how it pulls you into the present moment and, and it literally conditions you to detach emotionally. And when you get good at this, you can really have some wonderful aha moments. And to that end, right? When I, and I would write a story, Richard, that, um, uh, you know, back in, I think it was 2000 at the U.S. Open at, uh, at Pebble Beach, you actually shot a front nine 30. And weren't really aware of it, just that you were, you know, executing your shots and you were doing well until your caddy mentioned something to you about what you had just shot after, after nine. Is that because you had detached yourself from whatever the score was and just focused on each shot as you, as they came to you? 
That's right. Well, your good memory on that, um, Chris. That's 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 right. So in this situation, and it was the 2000 U.S. Open at Pebble Beach, and I, I just shot 80 in the third round, and I was got my dauber down a little bit, but uh, and I, but my game was it was feeling pretty good. So I go out there and I go, come on, this is Sunday. It's U.S. Open. It's Pebble Beach. This is as good as it gets. Tiger's making history. So I go out there and I've been doing this system for the past year on tour, and I started to get really good at it. So obviously, when I went out there, I, I, I went out there and I just focused on my assessing and my executions, like the key performance markers, my KPMs. And I started to get really good at this. And I was focusing in it and it starts to make the game a lot easier. And I started to play really well. And, and I knew I was getting deep under par. And, and I actually, on the, on the ninth hole, I make this putt. I, I, I didn't know where I was to par. And I make this putt and, uh, and, and I shot 30. And my caddy says to me, gone down the 10th hole, he goes, do you know what you shot on the front nine? And I said to him, no, I don't. And I don't care. And usually when people remind you how good you're thinking, it's kind of like the kiss of death. But the aha moment, Chris, was when he told me that, uh, uh, he, I said to him, I still don't care. And I kept on focusing on my KPMs. And that day I shot 69. I think there were only Three rounds in the 60s. Tiger shot 60, 67 that day and, and won by, by 15, as we all know. But it was really the aha moment that I could detach from um, uh, the result so well in such a high-pressure situation. And it, and it dawned on me that this is really a mental breakthrough that if, if we can get the grassroots teachers, and I'm working with the P, or talking to the PGA of America right now, to, to create these thought fundamentals because man, oh man, our thoughts are so critical on, on, on where they are in, in, in performance. And it doesn't matter if you're a 25 handicap or if you're, um, you know, Matt Wolf trying to win the U.S. Open. You've got to maintain your thought protocol so you don't get off track emotionally and, and, and crash and drive your, your performance truck, so to speak, into the ditch. You know, it's important that you, you, you have a protocol. MindTrack is the protocol and, um, and it's free in the app store. Go to our website at uh, mindtrackgolf.com and you can, you can see videos on, on what it, what it does. And you can, it, there's a lot of frequently asked questions you'll have. And, uh, and there's a lot to this little app and, uh, we're having, we're having, uh, great results from it. And, Richard, I want to kind of go back to the to the key performance markers because as you talk about keeping track of them during your round. So after the mm-hmm. round and, and, and putting this stuff into the app is, is one of the outputs of that, not only, you know, from a mental perspective and getting our minds where it needs to be and not ahead of ourselves. Like you mentioned, you know, hey, I've made four pars in a row. Boy, if I could just, you know, make three more pars, you know, kind of thing. Um but does it also help us understand, like, you know, which shots I'm executing well and which shots that I need to now focus on in my practice because it's this iron, right. it's this shot that I need uh, to focus on? Exactly. And it, uh, so just as you talked about, I made four pars in a row and I need to do this to, in order to shoot that score. Those pars are the result. That's the problem. And so we want you as a golfer to condition you and train you to not think of the result. You want to put your attention on your, so this shot, whatever the shot is, I don't care if it's a four foot putt, a bunker shot or a tee shot, your goal is to, you have to assess it. So if it's a four foot putt, 
um, you have to read that 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 putt properly, and then you ask yourself, are you capable of executing the, a stroke that matches the putt that you read? And in most cases, in, 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 in inevitably in all golfers, they go, yes, I can read that putt. And if and 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 you when you make that execution, and if the ball goes in, then you enter. You made an excellent assessment and an excellent execution, and then you punch in the the uh, the, the numbers already punched in, and you move on to the next hole. So let's say you misread that putt, but made an excellent execution. So you make an excellent execution on that four foot putt, Chris, but you misread it, so it didn't go in the hole. So how I would mark that for me is I made an excellent execution, but my my assessment of how to read that putt was unsatisfactory and I missed it and that cost me a shot that was a shot lost event and that gets entered into the into the app as well it's very simple and then at the end of every round uh, you get a you get three reports you get a scorecard report that calculates all your shot lost events during the round and all your shot gained events during the round that are attached to your key performance markers and and so your goal becomes how well you score and perform in your key performance markers, and then you let the score become a byproduct. And uh, and also one of the great things about the app is that if you can invite your coach to get these reports, uh, and and so after every single round you play, email these the scorecard report, a KPM trend graph, and the round summary will be emailed to your coach. So as an example, it's a perfect tool for your coaches that say, say you're going to have a, a lesson with your coach, Chris, tomorrow. And in today's round, in tomorrow's round, you're going to work on how to hit it like Bryson DeChambeau because, you know, to get more distance because that's kind of the in the vogue thing. But your coach looks at your score and goes, Chris, man, oh man, you, you hemorrhaged away eight shots around the green today because your, you couldn't assess the greens very well. So tomorrow, instead of trying to pound it out there and get some distance, we're going to teach you to read the greens better because that's what's showing up in your, in your reports where you're hemorrhaging most of your shots away. And, uh, so it really drills down for your coach to dis- custom fit a better teaching curriculum for you in your needs on basically be- on, on how poorly you play on the golf course. So it's a lovely uh, tool for your instructor as well. And and on your website, again, it's mindtrackgolf.com. And track is T-R-A-K, so mindtrackgolf.com. You've got a solution for amateur golfers. You've got a solution for college coaches. You've got a solution for teaching pros. Talk about what the difference in that is, in those are. And is that just the difference in the reports that are generated? Or is the app different depending on what you need it for? The user app is the same for everyone. It's just everyone has a different perspective. Say from a coaching point of view, the app provides you a tool where you can watch your 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 students' performance. And what I talk about for like aspiring pros in that area, like like I want to talk you know a little bit about Taylor Pendrith, who's an aspiring pro. And I think I mentioned to you in my last podcast with you that Taylor played on the on the uh, P- McKenzie PGA Tour Canada, and he was part of the um, beta program in, in 2019. And when I introduced the program to him, he was part of Golf Canada's Young Pro Squad. 
and Taylor had missed a cut in Kelowna and he was going on. So I told him and I tell all these other inspiring, you know, young pros that they, all these guys, as you know, have the physical talent to perform. They can hit it 10 miles and they're fantastic. But what's really going to determine whether they make it or don't make it as a pro and a lot of great players don't make it is what they run through their mind on a daily basis and particularly what type of thoughts run through their mind when they're on the golf course in the heat of battle. Because if you're getting ahead of yourself, you're going to build anxiety and you're going to crap out. You won't be able to perform. So last year, uh, Taylor Pendrith, after we got, he missed the cut in Kelowna and we got him to start doing the mind track uh, protocol in tournaments. He finished seven weeks in a row. He went, Chris, he went T48, T16, second, third, first, fifth, and then two weeks later won his second tournament by eight shots, and he finished second on the McKenzie PGA Tour Canada. He got onto the Corn Ferry Tour. And this year, Taylor is playing really well on the Corn Ferry Tour. We're using the program. He's sitting third on the Corn Ferry Tour money list right now. And last week, he got into the U.S. Open, his very first major he played in, and he finished 23rd. He made $100,000. So Taylor is is just one of these young aspiring pros that just tweaked his mindset a little bit. He's got a terrific game, very powerful player. But it, it, now he, he talked about how MindTrack helped him in his performance, and it stopped him from getting upset, emotionally upset, how it used to bother him. And he gets back to the way he thinks when he played his best. So this is this is an example of what MindTrack Golf does. Yeah, and just to take that a, a step further, Richard, as I was sort of looking over his results in the U.S. Open, to your point about where he finished, but a fourth round 70, which is you know certainly one of the better rounds of the day. So talk about you know you know kind of what his feedback has been and and like what what he's utilizing the program and how he's able to stay more focused and not really worried about the score and boom. Makes it, it makes it into the U.S. Open and has a heck of a tournament. Well, we have this saying called golf insanity, and, and, and I think everyone can relate to what that means. And, it's you know, if you're doing the same thing, thoughts over and over again, and you get frustrated, like a lot of people can, can, can uh, uh, um, uh, understand, um, you know, you've got to break that thinking. And you can't break that thinking if you don't have a protocol. And what we got Taylor to do is put his attention rather than being on his on the results and onto, you know, the game gets very simpler. So, you know, when you can say, you know, whatever level you are, Chris, can you pick a proper cub, club? Uh, of course you can. Are you capable of making an excellent golf shot for your level of play? Of course you can. You do that all the time. And it was that type of thought protocol that, causes caused Taylor to focus in and he learned to detach from the result and he took to it like a fish to water. Uh, he's a very intuitive player and he went, wow, this is really simple and it was easy for him. Now, I also find in my history of working with people who have an intentional bias to be very logical, those people want the result and, and it's harder for them because their attentional bias is to, and that's how they typically solve problems like mathematics, engineering, or accounting. And they struggle because they want that to be, to be their control. 
But once you learn to give that up and, 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 and let go, so to speak, and people talk about that all the time, and put your attentional focus on your assessing and executing the shot, and it doesn't, you know, whatever it is, you enter your data, then you move on to the next shot. And if you made a mistake before, try not to make a mistake on the next shot. And what is very critical is bringing this protocol, your, your thought, attentional focus onto this present moment, because it's this shot you have right now. That's the most in short, important shot in golf. And when you get good at this, it simplifies the game and you'd be surprised how fast you can, you know, optimize your potential no matter what level of player you are. So how do we do that, Richard? How, you know, our minds have been conditioned, you know, I'm, I don't want to speak for everybody, yep. obviously, but I'll say for myself, my mind has been conditioned about score all the time. And right? since I started mm -hmm. playing the game and I've been playing the game for mm -hmm. 40 years, right? You know, mm -hmm. you, you, you mark your score down at the, you know, on your scorecard at the end, you know, at, after the hole, you, we start to project forward, which we've talked about. We feel badly about, you know, when we walk off with double or triple, we get down on ourselves, yep. the negative self-talk and all of that sort of thing. How do you break that cycle and get away from that and focus on this? Well, you have to, first of all, understand that that's golf insanity. So you have to be motivated to change it. So when you, when you focus on the, on, on your shot at hand, you have to follow this, this protocol and, and just, you know, uh, put your attention on, on the right club and don't get mad at, get mad at do it, making a wrong assessment or get mad at making a wrong, uh, a poor execution and, and understand, like it's taken a long time for you to get conditioned that way. It's kind of like, let's take, if we can use the example of physical fitness. If you have if you have been in poor physical fitness shape for 40 years, um, you're not going to be able to flip a switch and then tomorrow be physically fit. You're going to have to create do a physical protocol. It's called exercise. Jump on that on that uh, a cardiovascular trainer and work day by day with the physical protocol. And you have to understand that it's going to take a while. And some people it takes quicker. I mean. And I'm I'm happy to say that thought protocol, you can do it a lot faster than physical uh, reconditioning, but you have to start it. And what we want to you have to understand that most people that are down this rabbit hole for 40 years, I had to change my perspective or else I wouldn't put food on the table. So it can be done. It's not easy. And particularly for for older, logical, dominant thinkers, it's even harder. But you have to commit yourself to a protocol. You have to do it. And be, and be committed to doing it. Uh, and, and it will, you will see results slowly and they will turn. Doesn't mean you're going to be perfect at it, but it will, you will stumble into it more and more and more. And you'll start to see these, your feelings change, your perspective and your perception shift onto your key performance markers rather than the score. And you're going to feel empowered by it. It's just an exercise that you have to constantly do. Richard, I want to switch gears a couple more before I let you go. And uh, you mentioned Bryson DeChambeau a little bit ago. Want to get your reaction mm -hmm. from what you saw at the U.S. Open? Well, first of all, I'm a big fan of U.S. Opens. I think I mentioned in the past, I love U.S. Opens. But one of the most staggering things that came out of the U.S. Open on Sunday at Wingfoot was um, was was 
that hitting fairways was simply not a concern for Bryson DeChambeau. I mean, while everyone else it was, 143 other people, it, it, the golf course was a problem. But the, what he brought to the table, and, and, and keep in mind, Bryson was so calm, which was new. And that was the staggering thing. He was so calm in that whole round. And, you know, what DeChambeau, DeChambeau just walked into golf temple and started flipping the tables over. And it's shocked all of us. And we never thought that uh, this would work, but he proved us wrong. And uh, I think it's really going to be important to see what the USGA and the RNA do about it because their uh, performance or their reports won't be coming out till the spring of 2021. But it's going to be interesting if, um, if there is any, if they do anything about to try and pull back that distance the ball goes in professional golf. Speaking of the distance, right, we've seen Bryson hit drives 370, 400. We've seen DJ do it. And, and it's interesting to me. I'm, I'm holding in my hand your your card from ProSet back in 1990s. When I look at the, the, the stats, it says driving distance. And you finished 67th on tour that year in driving distance. But your average drive, yeah, pretty average. 265. 265. Yeah, that was pretty... And now these guys are hitting it 100 yards further. Does that drive you crazy? Yes. Well, it does because I, the thing, and I have no problem with, uh, with um, maximizing technology, but when accuracy doesn't matter anymore, I have a problem with that. Uh, you know, I come from the old school of Hale Irwin and Jack Nicholas and Ray Floyd and 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 I am of the opinion that I don't like to see accuracy get thrown out the window. Um, um, uh, and I think there needs to be, in my opinion, I would love to see the ball get, uh, there, there's three things that really need to change. You need to make sure that the ball increases its speed at a minimum. So, because um, that ball just goes too straight. It, it, it's hard to move it. And uh, and I think when you put, allow the ball to spin more, and, and this is bifurcation, making sure that, only at the professional level does this occur. The ball needs to spin more, uh, number one. Number two, the uh, 460cc um, size of the club head needs to come down to about 325. Uh, that way it would shrink this, this sweet spot on the face. And um, that would make a difference. And number three, the coefficient of restitution, which is the spring-like effect, needs to be not as hot. And I think if we, if the USGA and the RNA pull it back a little bit, maybe 10% a little bit, I think the long hitters will always have an advantage. There's no doubt, but you don't want them to have an exponential advantage compared to the rest of the, the, the peloton, the rest of the play, players in the pack. And, uh, I'd like to make, I would prefer that accuracy has an important aspect in performance. Richard, just a couple more before I let you go. And I want to take you back to your win at the Greater Milwaukee Open. And as I was looking at that golf tournament, you trailed Mark Brooks by a stroke going into the final round. You had a one-stroke lead going into the final hole. He hit driver, put it in the rough, ended up making triple bogey. You hit three wood off the tee. Just curious. did he? <laughs> I'm guessing because I think you bogeyed 17, so I'm guessing he teed off first. Did you have driver in your hand at, at the beginning and put it back in the bag to, to draw the three wood based on what you saw him just do? Oh, good memory. I don't know how you're picking up all this information, but you're bang on. I three putted the 17th green 
and I had a two-shot lead going. I birdied 16, had a two-shot lead. I three-putted the 17th green. And keep in mind, Mark Brooks was the defending champion, and everyone expected him to win. But uh, there was no doubt in my mind. Um, he he, 18th hole at Tuckaway at the time was very. It was the, probably the hardest par four, like a driver three wood, uh, you know, a long iron. I hit three iron in my second, my second hole, and I said, you know what, I'm going to make par. Uh, I was result oriented at the time. <laughs> I pulled out three wood, and I said. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to hit three wood and I'm going to make par. And if he birdies the hole, which I doubt anyone really, you know, is really a difficult hole, then good on him. But I'm going to, I'm going to make my, my par. He had, he hit driver and pulled it, pulled it into the rough and made a big number. I hit three wood, hit three iron on the green, made a solid par. And, um, and I think, uh, Dick Mast, I think finished second and, uh, Mark Brooks, uh, finished, uh, third. So. My next question, I want to talk about uh, Augusta National and the Masters. Uh, that got you in. What was it like when the invitation from Augusta National arrived in the mail? Well, those are the wonderful things that uh, the benefits that come with winning on the PGA Tour that really touch deep into the deepest levels of self-gratification, the, the work, the sacrifice that you do, the sacrifice that your family makes for you, your parents, your, your, your brothers, sisters, your wife, your children. And, um, uh, and, and it, it makes it all worth it. And, uh, you know, you aspire to dream about playing in the, in the, in the masters or the U S opens and all that stuff. But when that invitation came in, it was a deep sense of gratification and one that I'll always remember. And, uh, and those moments uh, come far and few between in this game when you play for a living. And, uh, but when you have them and, uh, you know, like I admire, you know, the, you know, the old school classic professionals like Bob Ford. I, I totally love that whole environment that he's in and really appreciate it. And, uh, and when you get those, when you get in, if, if you're lucky enough to get an invitation to the, the Masters, it, it's uh, something that's extremely special. Richard, before I let you go, remind our listeners one more time about Mind Track Golf, your website, how they can stay up to date. Uh, with you, and uh, and then when the uh, app is going to be available, uh, you know, on uh, on the Google on Google Play as well. Now, obviously, on iOS. Yeah. So, Mind Track Golf is free in the App Store. It's in iOS. Next season, it's going to be. An, we'll have an Android product, and um, and and you can go to our website, MindTrackGolf.com, and as you mentioned, Track is T R A K. We have a whole bunch of videos, frequently asked question videos. Um, you know, the, on the first splash page, you know, there's a video that says, what is mind track all? Then on the second one is how to use the app. And the third video on the third splash page is, uh, you know, uh, mind tracks, shot lost and shot gained events and, uh, and, and, uh, and then, um, key performance markers. So it explains everything about it. You can reach out to me on Twitter at, at Richard Zokel. Well, Richard, I can't thank you enough for being generous with your time tonight. Always a good time when you're a part of the show. Learn something every single time. I can't thank you enough for being here. You're fantastic, my friend. Well, thank you. You're a fine gentleman, Chris, and it's a pleasure being on your show, and uh, I can't thank you enough. I'm much appreciated. Absolutely. Look forward to catching up with you again soon. Stay safe. All the best to you and your family, Richard. Thank you. 
That's a great Richard Zokel, Z-O-K-O-L, at Richard Zokel on Twitter and on Instagram, and uh, MindTrackGolf, T-R-A-K. MindTrackGolf.com is the website, so we'll we'll keep track of what Richard's doing and when it's available on Google Play. It's available right now, like you said, beta testing it on iOS, so download the app and give it a try and let me know what you think. So go on, uh, whether it's uh, my website, nextonthetea.net, or... Uh, my Facebook page, or, you know, my page, Chris Mascaro, or Next on the T with Chris Mascaro, or you know, uh, on uh, whether it's Twitter at CT Mascaro or on Instagram, any one of those ways, right? Let me know if you download the app and you and uh, you have some experience u- using it. Give me the good and the bad, and uh, and uh, stay up to date with Richard and let him know as well. But uh, really interested to hear what you guys think, and uh, we'll keep track of Richard and get him back on the show as uh, as he has updates available. All right, my friends, it's time for me to put a bow on this episode of Next on the Team. My sincere thanks go out to Tom Patry, Bob Ford, and Richard Zoko for joining me. Please check out our website, nextonthetea.net. On there, you're going to be up, be able to keep up to date with uh, what the guest schedule looks like. You, we've got, you know, you, you can play the episodes here. You can play individual guest segments there as well as, as well. And you can find us on all over the net, right? On every podcasting uh, site podcast.co those those friends of ours have been fantastic to us the show is also available on apple podcast google podcast podbean spotify ir radio audio boom radio.com player.fm we are if you've got a favorite podcasting site we're on it i can't thank you enough folks for continuing to listen to the show and making us a part of your golfing content until next week hit them straight my friends